Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. It's typical because everyone here is insane with love in a certain way. They express it differently. <laughs> but it's really about love. Even though we call this jnana yoga, okay, which is the yoga of knowledge or gnosis, right? But uh, the knowledge is only uh, used to deconstruct the ego that is not in a state of love. The ego is actually a defense against love because it's afraid of love. It's afraid of being hurt. Uh, and so the ego is a structure of defenses. And those defenses are uh, constructed out of language, out of thoughts. And so the way that we uh, get to liberation is first we silence the mind, but you can't fight with the mind from within the mind. So you have to become interested in who you are who is witnessing all of those thoughts that are defenses against love. Recognize that they're not you and that you as the witness have the right to turn toward your source. Disidentify from both body and mind because they are simply vehicles and programs that you've used and discover who is the real you, the real self who is unborn and who has never left the state of blissful love because that's the nature of our being. Even though the ego may have been traumatized and may have become cynical and dark and split and dissociated and full of delusional narratives, nonetheless, the real self is unchangingly blissful and uh, in a state of unconditional, infinite, universal love. And so why not live in that state? But to do that, we need to use the mind for the purpose of recognizing the false self, disidentifying and disinvesting in its values, which are usually about something that isn't love, but money or, or whatever uh, enjoyments of a sensory nature it can hold on to. But uh, it's only in the letting go and the return to the emptiness that is beyond the mind, the superconscious self, that freedom and fulfillment are found. So that's a, it's a very simple path. It doesn't require techniques. It doesn't require uh, a tremendous amount of... Uh, 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 rituals or any rituals or any, uh, any kind of uh, approach that requires a mental process. It's actually letting go of the mind because the self, the real self, does not think, does not need to think because the real self already knows whatever it needs to know. And knowledge will drip down from the superconscious into the conscious mind when needed if there is a bond of love with that infinite intelligence that is the blissful self. So 
I'm not really one of the teachers here. I just deliver the teachings of other beings. So this past weekend, we had a visiting professor named Zhuangzi, who is one of the great Chinese sages. And he, he taught uh, a, a couple of classes and uh, has a very uncanny intellect. And those of you who are visitors, I recommend reading Zhuangzi and, uh, and perhaps uh, checking out uh, uh, some of the teachings that we have offered on that, uh, from that sage. But tonight we're going to go to uh, Persia and uh, study a little bit from Rumi, who is our visiting teacher tonight. Okay, I bet everyone has already read some Rumi. Does everyone know Rumi? Okay, this is from a book uh, of uh, a translation of the Rubez, uh, which is a, a kind of Persian haiku, and uh, it's titled Insane with Love. Uh, so uh, that's the key, uh, to be willing to be insane. And uh, as Zhuangzi said on uh, Sunday, think recklessly and uh, outside of the box and don't allow uh, logic to uh, stand in your way. So I'm going to read a few, and uh, particularly ones that I thought most interesting for those who are relatively advanced on the path. And you know, when, if you don't speak Farsi, I guess was the original language, uh, and you have to, to uh, read a translation, you can never trust uh, that it's accurate. So uh, I, I'm assuming that uh, something is always lost in translation. But uh, I think we have a, a key point, whether it's in the original or not, I think a very important point. So uh, this one, uh, this Roubaix is, if even a tiny piece of yourself remains in existence, you are still worshiping idols. Now, that's a very radical teaching. If even a piece of yourself, yourself meaning here your ego, right, remains in existence, you're still worshiping idols. The ego is an idol because it is a, a, literally an icon uh, that is a self-image. And even if it's a negative self-image, to whatever extent you believe in it, your ego is your private religion. And it's a, a, the love for the ego rather than the love for God that is the obstacle. God meaning the real self. We're not talking about a mythical religious icon, but the self. Okay, so, but, he says, if you break free of all doubt and suspicion, interesting that he, he puts those two, uh, and I think they are together, which I would uh, simply call paranoia. The ego, every ego is in a state of paranoia. Now, it, because it is egocentric and it, it uh, is in a state of uh, distrust because of the ways that you have been hurt before and the ego wants to protect you from being hurt, it is always going to have a slight doubt or a distrust in any situation that is going to take away your peace. So and there will always be that suspicion. So our job is to go from paranoia, which the word means, you know, noia from noes, uh, or uh, the noetic field, you've already heard, all heard that word, it means mind in Greek. So paranoia literally means you're out of your, no your mind 
in a, in a, a fallen way. You're in a delusional state. If you have any anxiety, any fear, any uh, uh, doubt, suspicion, all of that, which we're born to be believe we should have to protect ourselves, then we're in a paranoid state. The function of uh, yoga is to bring us to liberation from paranoia into metanoia, right? Which we're still out of our mind, but we're insane with divine love, not with fear and anger and confusion and delusion, right? Okay, so. If even a tiny piece of your ego remains in existence, you're still worshiping an idol. If you, but if you break free of all doubt and suspicion only with the acts of reason, then you create a new false idol called self-confidence. That's very interesting. I'm not sure I agree with the last line, that self-confidence is the accurate term. But, and I also would say this, if you only use the acts of reason, you cannot break free of doubt and suspicion. You cannot because reason itself is always weighing on the scales whether a situation is reasonable or unreasonable. So to be reasonable means to have doubt. You can't, you can't reasonably be sure of anything. You know, these days it's very popular to, for people who are studying logic to uh, avail themselves of something called Bayes' rule. Have, has anyone ever heard of that? Bayesian logic and, and all of that? It's very uh, popular now in quantum physics. There's even a whole school of, of thought that interprets physics according to this logic. But people are using it now to, uh, to try to figure out what percentage of belief do they actually have in a certain thing. You know, how certain am I that I'm going to get dinner tonight? Well, you know, I don't know what percentage I would put on that, or even if I want it, what percentage, you know. But you could put a percentage on everything. What percentage do I, do I put on the sun rising tomorrow? Maybe a slightly higher. Not here often it won't happen, but uh, in, in other places without so many clouds, uh, you will see it. Uh, but uh, the, the doubt is always there. There's never 100% certainty about anything, right? So so long as you're in a state of what is called reason to the human ego, it's in a two-valued uh, state of logic where something's either true or false. And, and therefore, in that state, uh, you're always going to, to have doubt. So you cannot break through only with the acts of reason. You have to use love and acceptance, a radical acceptance that everything that happens is benevolent because the intelligence that underlies the existence of this apparent world is benevolent, that it was created out of love and for the purpose of our realization of the self that is infinite love and bliss. So he's saying you create a new false idol called self-confidence. But again, self-confidence is always relative. And it can be, uh, let's say, broken through, or uh, it can crack uh, at a certain moment of, uh, 
performance anxiety, let's say, or some, some kind of worry that overcomes the reasonable sense that you deserve to be confident. So self-confidence is never certain because the ego is a state of lack. The ego is a defense against the being that is fullness of love and power and intelligence and the real essence of being that is immortal, but the ego lacks that. And, and therefore, its self-confidence is always a crust over a, a, a sense of uh, inadequacy and unreality. So if we are going to break through that, it cannot be done only with reason. Reason can get you to that point where you realize it is essential to break through. But to break through, you have to take a leap of faith until you make contact with the real self and feel the bliss. And that leap of faith has to be based on love that makes you willing to take that leap. But the love can be based on the reasonable understanding that even science today has proven that consciousness is at the base of reality. Throughout the 19th and 20th century, the dominant paradigm that they tried to indoctrinate everyone into was materialism. But materialism has been found to be false. I hope everyone has recognized that. Science itself has come to that conclusion. Materialism is a dead paradigm. It's over. But this hasn't trickled down, I don't think, to the educational system because there's a, a political will to continue to believe in such corollaries as Darwinian evolution, which has also been refuted. Uh, but all of those paradigms that are related to and based on materialism uh, uh, imply that the world is meaningless, random, uh, that is, it's simply based on uh, cause and effect of, uh, of a, uh, a mindless uh, conglomeration of uh, particles. But how did what we call particles even get here? When you get down into the field of cosmology, the scientists recognize that uh, the world did not create itself. There had to have been, before space and time and matter and energy, there had to have been an intelligence that uh, determined what would be the rules uh, that would govern nature. Those rules had to precede nature. Nature could only uh, be expressed in accord with uh, the laws that would have had to have been prior to nature. So the intelligence, the consciousness, is primary and prior ontologically to the, uh, what David Bohm, the physicist, called the explicate order. There's an implicate order that is prior, where all of time and space is already present now because space-time is an artifact 
that it has only validity in terms of its linear unfoldment from within uh, the, uh, the space-time continuum, but before it and what created it and what is outside it, transcendent of this holographic appearance, and yet pervading it is that which is timeless, eternal, infinite, and uh, ever-present. So the, the laws of, of what we call the laws of nature are simply uh, habits that are installed by uh, that original consciousness that created all of this and that continues to create it in every uh, nanosecond. So we are, we are in a state where if we don't want to worship idols and we recognize that the human mind and the language that is embedded in this world and developed in order to navigate through an illusory world or at least a secondary phenomenon that comes as a result of the expression of a higher intelligence, that, that level of our, our minds is not adequate to understand the real. But the good news is that we have access to the direct realization of that supreme self because we are all expressions of that. And the real meaning of the word I is that one I am that is the, the intelligence that has brought all of this into being. And everyone can use the word I for themselves but that I should not be confused with the I thought that relates to the body. The real I is the I of pure awareness. And that pure awareness, once it lets go of all the beliefs that have weighed you down and created baggage of doubt, suspicion, paranoia, etc., once you've let go of all that, that pure awareness realizes itself as blissful and complete and whole and transcendent as well as imminent. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.